0: All right, guys, welcome to this special episode, holiday episode of the Backseat Driver Podcast. I am so pumped for (laughs) this. This, If you've listened to some of our previous episodes, this will be nothing like Uh, But if you want to have a little bit of fun and mess around and have some conversations about things that, I don't know, drive you crazy, specific to us, and maybe you guys can relate to some of it, uh, this is the place for you. If you're looking for great information in science uh back decision making this is not the episode so just shut it off now but if you want to have some fun stick around hang out with us this is going to be all about our pet peeves and what drives us crazy we've been wanting to do this episode for a while um bringing my co-host Matthew here
1: we've we've been uh storing up topic after topic week after week in anticipation of this episode so we are very Excited! This will give you plenty of dynamite to drop at the Christmas, <laughs> Christmas table, um, this week to hopefully uh, start plenty of conversations that will lead to vehement disagreement and uh, plenty of fireworks at the houses with your family. So we're excited to uh, give you that am- ammunition.
0: So let's let's jump right into it. So it has been football season, uh, kind of gearing toward the end of football season now, but it's huge. Fans of the sport and we, we watch a lot of it um, and I know some of our uh, fan base here watches as well. There are some things about watching this football that just drive us nuts. Why don't you start with one?
1: Okay, so so my first topic is uh, getting it to the fourth quarter. That quote or statement that coaches often say when they're an underdog and they get it to halftime or they're interviewing the coach. You know, they to do that stupid one-question interview Which right before the fourth quarter. also a pet peeve
0: in and of itself.
1: <laughs> and they ask the most just rehearsed question. Anyway, so, you know, they usually usually in the interview with the underdog coach. If it's close, going into the fourth quarter, they've managed. And, and like, yep, this is all we want to do is get to the fourth quarter. And I just always think to myself, that is the dumbest approach to a game I have ever heard in my life. It's like our goal is to keep it close going to the fourth quarter. So all my decisions are to try to keep the score respectable until the fourth quarter, it's like that, that is the least aggressive, least like playing to win mindset that could possibly prepare my team to have going into a big game.
0: God forbid we blow them out. Like what, what does that even mean? It's like, it,
1: it basically to me sounds like we don't want to get blown out. We want to keep the game respectable. So we're going to make the most cautious, most, uh, risk averse decisions possible to make sure this score line looks good on the ESPN bottom line no matter how yeah
0: cuz cuz losing 20 to 17 looks better than oh you
1: than know, taking a couple of risks right. in the first half and, and losing, losing by, by three touchdowns. Yeah. By
0: so that kind of filters in uh to one of mine and I think this is both of ours so I'm not going to take full credit for it which is fourth down decision um Watching people punt. I, I have th- to hold on, I have to interrupt you.
1: You you have actually been ahead of this for years. I'm there, like when we were kids, before there was advanced analytics, we were the advanced analytics for oh. going forward. Which is why
0: time. it drives me crazy. Because this is something, you know, when you like step into a situation, you're like, why is it done this way? And it just doesn't make sense. This is what punting on fourth and one from the 40 yard line was for me, like you said, literally as soon as long as I can remember. It's like, what are we doing? And now we have the data to actually back up of how dumb of a decision that is. And if you wanna know and you wanna sound smart at the uh, Christmas dinner table, follow Ben Baldwin because he just literally just tweets out all of the fourth down decisions in the NFL that are horrendous and how much win probability teams are dropping by making that decision. And some of them are like, 3 and 4% win probability dropped by literally the one decision on that play to punt instead of not go for it or kick a field goal instead of not go for it. And so finally, and finally, finally, some coaches are recognizing this, that going for it is the right thing to do. But man, there are still some that are just head scratching.
1: This this part lays perfectly into one that you just reminded me of, which is the commentator then piggybacking off the decision to punt and being like, Man, that was such a, a good decision. So you, or you
0: gotta punt it here.
1: If they go yeah, if they go for it on fourth and one, just being like, that's this is a huge risk. And you look at the you look at the analytics and it, it clearly says to go for it in this situation, or it clearly says that's the the smart thing to do. Yeah. And then, and they're like, This is just, you know, this is just too risky of a decision to go for it on fourth and three inches from the uh, forty yard line on my opponent's side of the field, man. We need to punt it and then they punt into the end zone, they get net like ten yards basically. So yeah, those are my yeah. personal favorites. And then, and, and then the next play they get forty yards on like their first pass play and their thirty yards past where they would have been right. anyway.
0: Yeah, those are those are my favorite call. Luckily, luckily we punted for those twenty yards that they got in two plays. Um so that that's a good one. Uh last football one, at least for me, since we're since we're on the football topic. I'm
1: just getting started. I have like five more. <laughs>
0: is, and this is another thing I've been on for years, is punt returns. I'll throw kick returns in there a little bit, but specifically punt return. My theory on punt returning after watching so many muffed punts, because we put some guy back there who like always has the mindset of making the big play, which is great for certain situations, not for a punt return, because it's one of the riskiest plays that you go through and so the instead of just calling a fair catch and and getting your team the ball no we have to make this one we have to make this play and then we don't keep our eye on the ball. there's
1: always a block in the back even if you do something good exactly
0: even if you return it there's always a penalty so i'm like so then you go farther backward than if you would have just called a fair catch in the first place so i'm like if i was a football i would call fair catch before the ball (laughs)
1: <laughs> is that, is I'm that, you just tell the, the ref that yes. I would tell
0: everyone there I am calling
1: everyone game. on the field yes. the whole team just waits for a fair catch that's what I would do well you know that that segues into uh, obviously like Clemson Carolina in 2022 Carolina literally won the game because of punt and kick and then punt and kickoff fumbles basically like if they would have just fair caught it on those they would have won and and then the best part is, you know, when I was in school there, the same thing happened. I think they muffed, like, three punts. We were at that I, game. It's, so, it's so, though, I would love to see the probability of the number of times you get a big enough play to actually improve your win probability with a punt return versus the number of times it decreases your win probability right. because of something stupid I that would happens. love
0: to see that, and I would bet so much <laughs> that you lose win probability a, by right, trying to return a punt. A
1: bunch of the time. And like
0: kick returns, because... How often do they ever get to the 25?
1: I know they it's give never- you the twenty-five now, and yes. these guys are still yes. trying to take it out. And oh yeah, and then anyway. So that's a good <laughs> one. All right. So you you do have another football one though, because I want you to talk about the Heisman Trophy. With a little segue of we uh had recently seen a commercial about Bo Nix in his Heisman Trophy campaign. He,
0: so he's probably gonna win the Heisman. I don't we're recording this a little bit before the holidays, so we'll see what happens, but um Oh my gosh, what what are we doing? Like the goal is to pick the best player. All we're doing is just picking the person with the best stats. Which you have you've looked into it a little bit of like Bonix, for example, like how often does he actually throw the ball more than like three yards down the field? Probably it's it's such a low percentage. And we're gonna give this guy the Heisman because he has a good team and Also, by the way, at this point, haven't beaten a top 25 team. Is that true? Yeah, they have not.
1: Wow, I didn't realize that.
0: And so he's literally throwing check down routes and just having his receivers run for a bunch of yards, getting a bunch of touchdowns because of it, and has a great defense. We're like, oh, but his stats are good, so we're going to give him the Heisman. Okay.
1: But they beat Utah. I mean, Utah is top 25. Are we saying current top 25? Current top 25. I'll give you that. Um... Yeah, just for context, we're recording this before the S like the championship weekend and the Heisman and stuff. So if we we'll see how uh how good Door we takes. are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. exactly. This is perfect. He will be absolutely roasting us uh for this episode in a few weeks. Um, let's see. Oh, another one. Punting as an underdog. This goes back to my underdog thing, but we were watching Charleston Southern versus Clemson earlier this year. And Charleston Southern had gotten out to like a 14-0 lead or something, or 14-7. And they get to the 50-yard line or 45 uh, on Clemson's side of the field. And it's fourth and two or three. And they punted the ball. And the commentator's like, yep, you got to punt it here. It's early in the game. And my thought is, what in the world? What are you talking about? This is, you're a 40-point underdog. You should not, (laughs) I think I said something like, you shouldn't even bring the punter on the team bus to the
0: field, like. That was my favorite comment. You're like, kicker shouldn't even be kicker.
1: <laughs> I just my and then the best part, Clemson score, they punt it. They I do the thing where they get like five yards because it goes into the end zone and Clemson scores in three plays or something and the game's tied. And it's just it's just, it's mind numbing, honestly. I can't I can't deal with the underdog punt in uh, plus territory anymore.
0: I just have to turn it off. Uh do you have any more football ones or
1: no, I just I just have to comment on this. This is not a pet peeve more than it's just it gave me eye cancer watching it. That's our phrase for horrendous offense, yeah, which uh, I'm not sure is politically correct, but that's like kind of our phrase when you have to watch like Big Ten offenses, specifically Penn State's offense against real teams,
0: or like Iowa's over twenty this week. Yeah, yeah, the Iowa that was Iowa
1: State, right? Yeah, they. I think they're over. Our friend had sent us the over under for that game, and I think it was twenty points
0: for total for the whole game between both teams what is that
1: oh man that's that's good stuff but anyway those are yeah I just their offensive coordinator got fired after that whatever the Ohio State or Mich- I think Michigan game but man I watched that Ohio State and Michigan game where they where Penn State played both of them and that was one of the worst offensive displays and I've watched South Carolina so I mean I've seen bad off I saw Marcus Satterfield for Two or three years, like I, you don't know who that is. There's a reason for it. I've seen really bad offense, and I just could not figure out if it was just that the quarterback does not know how to throw, or if they were that conservative. And that that just goes back to another pet peeve of like the conservative play calling when you have a good defense. What like what is
0: I like to call it prevent offense. <laughs>
1: yeah, what? explain your prevent offense theory. So, so
0: prevent offense is when we're two two situations. One, we're scared to do anything. So we really don't want to like turn it over. So we'd rather, you know, in football punt or in in basketball is a lot of times where you see pre-even offense when a team gets a lead and they'll just like, st- they'll just walk the ball up the court, wait the entire time for the shot clock to run down and then jack up some horrible shot. But we, oh, we wasted 30 seconds. So great. But then the other team just grabs a rebound and goes down and scores in five seconds. And it's like, like, oh, what a comeback! <laughs> okay, well, you're really not even trying to score. Um, so that that's kind of the concept of prevent offense. Or the second one is when you have a big lead, and this is kind of this is kind of where we see it a little bit. Okay, we're up 21 points in a football game, and you just start, you just stop trying to score points. Like, okay, we're we're just gonna start wasting time, and it's like the second quarter or the third quarter. And it's like, um, what is the goal of each drive? Isn't it to score points? Yeah, it's I mean, like this, we need to remind some coaching staffs that hey, the goal of the drive is to score points. Yeah. They just—they literally just change their whole philosophy and will call the worst plays and then just happily punt the ball back to the other team and make it a game again.
1: Yeah, they just the approach completely changes for some for some reason. The thing that There's got psychology
0: you to, behind this, by the way, that yeah. I can get into one day, but not yeah. during this.
1: <laughs> too too serious, too serious. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it's like your whole approach that got you to that place and you're like, okay, we're gonna actually do the complete opposite of the approach that just got us where we where we wanted to be. So yeah, the 2015 Panthers were famous for that. We get up by 40 points and go into the prevent shell for three quarters. Why would uh,
0: we why would we do that thing that scored us so many points in the first half?
1: That would be Um So this has nothing to do with with anything but apparently Chris really hates bad driving. I don't know exactly what part of bad driving he
0: hates. So since we're talking about pet peeves, I am really not... I have a long fuse with pretty much everything in life. But man, one thing that gets me is like when you're on a one-lane road and you get behind a car that is going 10 miles below the speed limit, and there's nothing. And I live on a one-lane road, and so this happens to me all the time. And it is just...
1: It's
0: so like, so, the, the, the helpless feeling, because obviously it happens on a highway I mean, you just pass them. It's not that big. But then, but also, like, the amount of times, and maybe I have a confirmation bias on this where I just notice it, you know, like, when stuff happens, but, like, I'm trying to back my, I'm in a parking lot, and then there's just, like, a truck behind me, <laughs> and I, like, can't get out. I'm like, hey, can I, can I get out? Or I'm trying to get out of, you know, my apartment or a road, and there's just like cars sitting in front of me. People are just c- completely unaware of what is going on, and there's like backed up. i'm this, like one person, can't, is unaware of the situation or just mom. Is that you?
1: Just is that holy you, man. mom. <laughs>
0: so anyway, just and then you drive general, by, like and you realize it's your mom. Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> Um,
1: just kidding mom we love you
0: there's yeah Merry Christmas that's, so that, that's that's one of them
1: alright so with the driving thing there's two things that come to mind so one is in Utah when we lived in Utah the left hand turn signal you know when it turns green and you have the right of way everyone would sit there for like 10 seconds so we called it the Utah like left turn thing they would just sit there when the green arrow turned like they were waiting for something or yes. waiting for some I, I don't get it
0: that's one of that's part of what i'm talking about is the amount times people it's like their turn to go and i'm waiting for them to go and they just sit there and they're like oh come on i'm like no No, no, yeah that's your you are gonna get me in a row because you're trying to be like too nice or i don't know that's such
1: that's such a southern thing i in utah no one did that and since i moved back to the south everyone does that and it's in the worst it's it's like It's 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 the thing too where it's always the same where if they just kept going, you would easily be able to pull yeah. out behind them. Yes. But then they decide they want to be nice when they're the only car. They stop. And because it's not the normal, like the thing you're supposed to do, yeah. you're not, anti- because so much of driving is anticipating. So you're not anticipating it. Then they stop. It makes that you're confused and they're not very clear about it. Then that you pull out in front of it and then you almost both get hit because there's a car coming the other way yeah. that you didn't see. Gosh, it's it's yeah. so
0: dangerous. So that That's... That's one of them.
1: I, I have to give a public service announcement because this actually happened to me when I was in med school. So you know the yellow signs on the road that like tell you the roads can be swervy in a little bit, or um, you know, there's just a bunch of stuff on those yellow signs. And then right below that, there's sometimes a speed of like, oh, you should, you know, know realize you should just dri- you should drive a little slower on that part. Apparently the the speed limit on the yellow sign is enforceable. At least that's what the police officer told me when he gave me a ticket for driving above the yellow sign speed, and but below always... the actual speed limit. I was like, then why do you have a speed limit sign 20 feet in front of the yellow sign? That makes literally no sense. And
0: the yellow speed limit is always so. It's like
1: 15 <laughs> miles an hour. You can't even drive your car. That's it's it like neutrals forward that fast. It's insane. So public service announcement. If you ever see those yellow signs with speeds, apparently those are enforceable. Not that. Anyone in their right mind would ever enforce that, but apparently, uh, if the quotas aren't met, they are enforceable. So be careful as you drive re- drive to your uh, family's house this holiday season.
0: He's not, he's not salty at all about it, too. I finally
1: later. got the points off my record. <laughs>
0: uh, so here's one for me. So sticking in this, going back to the sports realm, but not football. So in, in basketball, this is the thing that when I see it, it just makes my blood boil. When, a player gets especially in college basketball when a player gets two fouls say 5 minutes into the game and the coach pulls them out of the game and for the rest of the is insanity to me so especially when it's like one of your best players so they're like and that's kind of let's just think of the math on this is so obvious to me but apparently no one else is. it is. so if i get two fouls in the first five minutes and i don't play my coach sits me out the rest of the first half my maximum amount of minutes played is 25 right no matter um, what. but if there's no guarantee i get three more fouls, thousand so i could theoretically play all 40 minutes and not foul. so my max amount of minutes played is is 40 but now i've you've prevented me from even having a chance So, uh, also, okay, let's say you don't take me out the rest of the game. I play the two fouls. I pick up a third foul in the first half, but I keep And then I play and I keep, I just, coach doesn't take me out. And then I pick up my fifth foul with 10 minutes left in the second half. Okay? People would be like, the the coach is an idiot. Why didn't he take them out? It would be this, it would be insanity in today's world, in, in college basketball. But what, how many minutes did I play? 30. I played five more minutes than I would have played if you sat me out the whole first half. Why is that so difficult?
1: Well, I mean, people—the argument, of course, would be that the the higher leverage situations are towards the end of the game. But you're but,
0: not in the higher leverage situation because you're not in—you're losing the game because your best players sitting right. on the game.
1: No, I, I understand. I'm saying that's what they would say. But yes, most of the time, one of two things happens: either you never get to that situation because you start getting blown out, your doors blown off because you lose all momentum. Or the other thing is they come back in after sitting out two hours of real time. They're terrible. Yeah, exactly. They're terrible. They have so, no rhythm. Yeah, It's hard to keep a rhythm when you've
0: sat I, out two hours. So if I ever coach basketballs, I will. I, I will never pull a player out for battle.
1: Yeah, you're just you're playing until you get five.
0: Yeah. I mean, sure, I might give you a break for like a breather or something. But what is... Anyway, someone, if that math is wrong and someone wants to dispute it, go for it. But... I feel like that's pretty clear.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a, a good one. Um, let, let me look at my list. I don't think I have any more on my list. Did I say any other ones when we were preparing? Uh,
0: not that I recall. I have one.
1: All right. So
0: let's, uh, let's go one this is, more. This is a life one. The word like. Gosh,
1: I don't even know where this is about to go, guys.
0: I don't, I don't either. This is not. It's just in general. Sometimes you, ha- you guys have all probably heard this. You're in a conversation with someone. And they say like every other. Word. And I, I use the word like. I, there is a time and place for it. And it kind of is good for analogies. It kind of softens situations. Sim- you're telling a similes.
1: The simile like or as.
0: Is that right? Like or as. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's good. nice. Well done. Shout out fourth grade English teacher. But man. There are, it is, it, when, and you know, it's kind of one of those things, like once it's your pet peeve and you know it's your pet peeve, you can't pay attention to it.
1: It's an epidemic.
0: So anytime someone starts talking to me, does that, I can't focus on what they're saying. And it's because it's so distracting. So that that's one of the, the ones that jumps out to me now, especially with kids, obviously kids do it a lot. And that's like, I can understand that. But when adults,
1: um, do you think, oh, man. do you think everyone's going to go back and listen to our episodes now and hopefully they'll get, yeah, mind. they'll get our listens up at least. So we'll, we'll take the trade off, but they're going to go back and listen and I say totally it, critique I, you. <laughs> I am
0: telling you that I say the word, In it's fine to use it sometimes. It's when people use it, every other word.
1: No, I, I know what you're talking yeah. about. I think that's I think
0: everyone here knows what I'm talking
1: about. Yeah, I think so too. Um one other one I had written down was you know when when someone just has to drop the political like bombshell in at the family meal where everything's going well, you have that that one uncle or grandparent that just has to slide in the the like backhanded political comment and then it takes things completely off the rails. That's, we definitely have that in our family. Um, yesterday, great, my grandfather just, just walking off, (laughs) just drops a completely deep cut political reference as he's walking down the stairs to go home, just kind of drops the bomb and walks
0: away. I, it, it got so, it's gotten, it was at one point, this is years ago now, so contentious with some of our, family that we had to ban political commentary yeah it was wild which is has been a good thing uh but there's always that one person that can't quite (laughs) contain themselves in any situation uh not just politics but but other situations like you know there's like the elephant in the room uh whatever it is and there's always that one guy who just feels a need to poke the bear a little bit um which sometimes can be funny and sometimes catastrophic
1: well i think i think we made a pretty good time on our, our list here less than 30 minutes so do you have any any more that i forgot i think i've i've exhausted i, would, no, my I peeves.
0: would i would love to hear some of y'all's if they're can relate to ours um like ones that you're like yes i i relate that or you're like oh you're crazy chris or matthew for saying that that's really dumb i would love to hear that feedback also any ones that we that you guys have we probably also share that just didn't think of at the time um yeah i i love hearing about these types of
1: things. yeah well uh after we post this episode we'll we'll post a little uh kind of feedback thing on our instagram story so for the next time we do it people can give us some of theirs so we can talk about them as well um
0: always a good conversation starter
1: yeah that. so so my finishing my finishing thought for this episode is on Thanksgiving night, we were watching one of the football games and they showed people's favorite sides. And one of the guy's favorite sides was, was venison. <laughs> and then another person's favorite side was a dessert. And I just, you know, that was, it wasn't necessarily a pet peeve, but I just was kind of
0: questioning. Yeah. Exactly.
1: When you, when you have a main course like venison as your side dish, that, that gets a little confusing. And then some of them are like great-grandma sweet.
0: Great, no, yeah. my, It was great-grandma's green bean casserole. And I was just imagining how good that, would
1: uh, that was. That was a good one, too. So anyway, that's nothing to do with this episode, but I just had to bring it up because I thought it was hilarious.
0: All right. Well, happy holidays to everyone. Uh, we, Like you said, this is kind of a fun spinoff episode for us. If you enjoy it, let us know, and we'll do more stuff like it. But uh, other than that,
1: See you guys soon.